Saturday morning cartoons were awesome. From the 1960s through the 1990s, we kicked off each weekend in a frenzy of animation that is unmatched today. But were these shows actually any good? Join us as we dig into the history of your favorite and not-so-favorite Saturday morning cartoons, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of each one, and determine if our nostalgia matches the reality when it comes to these tunes. So stay in your PJs, grab a bowl of cereal, and settle in. I'm John. And I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. So John. Yeah. What am I doing here? We I haven't finished uh, Dungeons and Dragons yet, so what are we talking about? Well, there's a big holiday coming, and it's more important to some people than others. Arbor Day? No, not Arbor Day. Ah. That is an important holiday, but no, I'm talking about when the Great Pumpkin comes to visit. Uh, I'm talking if... about Hollow's Eve, Halloween. Excellent. Well, that means we got to do a little special episode on the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Absolutely. Yeah, so normally we talk about Saturday morning cartoons. We'll review an entire series and then just kind of give our opinions, a background. And a... Yep. This is, you know, there's so much beyond Saturday mornings. Yes. And especially fun, like, fun stuff like this. So this is probably a new segment that we can start calling Beyond Saturday Morning. Beyond Saturday Morning, yeah. There's plenty of content out there and plenty of really cool stuff and some bad stuff um, <laughs> that we can we can look at. But uh, this is something Robert and I wanted to do to, to have fun with this and do a holiday special. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Something a little different but still fun and still cartoons. So with, with The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, this is something that became a, a it was a staple, especially on CBS. Not just this, this special, but holiday specials in general. So yeah. you knew as a kid, you'd see that CBS logo come out with it says special and come spinning on. Yeah. You knew you were in for something big. Coming. Yeah. And that classic, I don't know if it was a drum music or bongos or something. It was a, a unique sound. If, if you heard it from your bedroom, you came rushing to the living room because <laughs> something cool was about to go down. Yeah. 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 You, you knew. Yeah. It, it was it was on. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. But, so It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown was the third peanut special to be produced. And it was also animated by Bill Melendez. Uh, the first being Charlie Brown Christmas uh, in 1965, the year prior. And then earlier in 66, the Charlie Brown All-Stars, which was not a, not obviously not holiday related. It was more just like gen- general Charlie Brown Peanuts special. This one uh, features music composed by jazz pianist Vince Giraldi, which we'll talk about. Uh-huh. And then he contributed the the theme song, Linus and Lucy. Again, something that we'll talk about. So it was also the, the first Peanuts special to use... Uh, whose title used the pattern of a short phrase. So say something, something, Charlie Brown, like in this case, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, or it's the election, Charlie Brown. Or, yeah. You're a good man, Charlie yeah, Brown. Exactly. Yep. Just things like that. So it was, you know, that became the norm for pretty much every peanut special after. It initially was broadcast on October 27th, 19, uh, 1966 on CBS. The original sponsors were Coca-Cola and Dolly Madison brand of baked snack food. When Dolly Madison, actually, this was the start of a long trend, a long partnership, because they continued to co-sponsor the peanut specials on CBS for many years. Right. Coca-Cola was also the sponsor for the first few Charlie Brown specials, but then they stepped away, and Dolly Madison was yeah. bringing in the cake. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and yes, exactly. Uh, CBS re-aired the special every year through 2000, and then at that point, ABC picked up the rights beginning in 2001. It aired annually on ABC during the Halloween season until 2019. And then from you know, 20, 2006 to 19, ABC usually aired it twice, actually, once 
in a kind of a truncated format where they just the original special and then they would do a second time and they would add a, another special tack down to the end, which was generally 1972's You're Not Elected, Charlie Brown. You're a sad sack, Charlie Brown. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so in, beginning in 2022, Apple TV Plus became the exclusive home of, of Peanut Special. So not everybody actually had access to it for a, a year or two. And there um, was Bedlam. Yes, there yeah. was there was quite a, a hue and Upset cry. Upset people. Yeah. Yes. It also aired on uh, the Family Channel in Canada starting in 2018. It has been on since. But in 2021, it finally returned to regular airwaves, also broadcast not only on Apple TV+, Plus but also on PBS and PBS Kids for one night in yeah. late October. So Which is it's the way just, it should be. Yeah, it's a partnership. I mean, they have yeah. a partnership with like Sesame Street, you know, with oh, some sure. of those like streaming services. Yeah. So it's still a tradition. It's still available. And of course... Some of that sitting down and watching it is gone now. I mean, your kids and my kids is like, it's, if it's not on a DVD or it's like just like available streaming, it's like, well, what's the big deal? What's the point? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, you want me to watch a TV show yeah. with commercials? <laughs> Why are you putting a disc in something? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> just give me your phone. I'll watch it I'll there. Watch it there. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching this, of course, as a child. You know, we had four channels. I think we got cable in my house when I maybe in junior high. But before that, you know, you would see this coming. It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. They'd start advertising it, and you would see it coming, and you made plans to be at home when that was on because that was your only chance to see it. And there was this huge buildup. I cannot wait to see the Charlie Brown thing. Now, watching it again, preparing for this recording, it's 25 minutes long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it. But I remember it being an epic it was when a was glorious a 25 minutes yes, is what it, it was. Yes, it was your whole night. <laughs> I mean, it was popcorn and everything. It was a special night in our house when the Charlie Brown special was on. Well, I think part of it is like you have so much buildup. You're like, so go Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, or tonight at 7 o'clock, and yep. then at 6.30, and you're sitting there waiting and waiting. And like after that, all that buildup, it ends. You're like, all right, I'm ready for bed. I'm yeah. exhausted. <laughs> I wore myself out. It was wonderful, and I'm as tired as Linus. Yes. <laughs> Where's my blanket? <laughs> Where's Lucy to drag me and put me in bed and right. call it a night? So the Charlie Brown kids, almost everyone knows who the Charlie Brown kids are. I mean, Charlie Brown is an, an industry, but all of the actors in this show, there were no adult voice actors in this this Charlie Brown, or in any of the Charlie Brown specials, really, because... The adult voice was just a trumpet. Yeah. So we had these kids who were between six and nine years old. And I've had six and nine-year-old kids, and I couldn't get them to do this. I couldn't get them to get in the car sometime. (laughs) When I was researching the voice actors, and the voices are iconic, too. You know, these kids did a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. These kids didn't go on to do anything else in acting, as far as I could find. You know, And I searched a lot, and I could not find... Really, anything. Some of these these kids just kind of went on with normal lives, and I don't even know what they're doing now. Peter Robbins, a nine-year-old, was the voice of Charlie Brown. So he was nine at the recording. So he's one of the older kids. So he got the lead. Christopher Shea was Linus Van Pelt. He was eight years old. His sister, Lucy Van Pelt, played by Sally Dreyer. Kathy Steinberg played Sally Brown, and I've got a funny story about Kathy Steinberg a little later. Lisa DeFaria played Peppermint Patty, and I happened to find her online. Hmm. She's now a child psychologist, which is something Charlie Brown could have used. Because <laughs> yeah. I was, now as an adult, I look back at it, I'm like, Charlie Brown was depressed. Do you think she charges more than five cents? Must, must yeah. Okay. The doctor is in, and I think the weights are more than five cents. 
And you mentioned Bill Melendez. He was also the voice of Snoopy. Hmm. You know, the Snoopy's whiny, cryy, yeah. barky voice or whatever. You know, whenever he made a sound, it was Bill Melendez. Interesting. Bill Melendez um, was also the director and the producer mm-hmm. of the cartoon. And he met Charles Schultz while working on a Ford commercial. Hmm. Um, and he became the only artist authorized by Schultz to animate the Peanuts characters. So he had a monopoly on working with these Peanuts characters in animation. Not the comic strip, but in animation. Well, it makes sense, especially at that time, because then you're going to have a consistent look across the board. Exactly. Where now with computer animation, you can kind of get that established look with different artists. But right. when you've got one person drawing it, mm-hmm. then you've got the look that you want and yeah. you stay with it. Yeah, and you got somebody you trust to draw your characters, mm-hmm. you know, because... Previously, it was just Charles Schultz drawing these in the mm-hmm. strips in the paper. Bill also went on to work for Warner Brothers, worked on some Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig stuff. Also did some work for Disney in Fantasia, hmm. which that's another iconic cartoon that we should talk about sometime. Absolutely. Too. That's super cool. Yeah, really interesting relationship between Bill Melendez and um, Charles Schultz. The one other um, character that I wanted to mention was Schroeder. Um, the piano player played mm-hmm. by Glenn Mendelson, and he had a funny role in the cartoon, in the Charlie Brown cartoons, because he was he didn't really have an effect on anything else that was going on. Just he once in a while he'd show up and play his piano, mm-hmm. and Lucy was in love with him. You know, he was the cool kid who played the piano with the blonde hair. You know, and he was also a really good friend of Snoopy's. He was like Snoopy's personal accompanist. You know, <laughs> so yeah, a real small cast, and they were all children, and these voices are forever iconic absolutely people will always know these voices and this is just something they did while they were were kids yeah well and you would just wonder since it was kind of a smaller production if they just kind of like hey we heard some local kids let's just bring them in and yep. test them out I'm like okay yeah you'll work and yeah we're gonna make a cartoon out of this comic strip and yeah. we're gonna play it once a year and but they they knocked it out of the park they oh yeah really well here fantastic. we are in 2022 talking about yeah. it you know <laughs> it was nominated for a 1966 emmy it was not overlooked at the time even. It was like, oh, this is really well done. Yeah. And one of the, the notes I read about it is that they sat down and basically knocked out the script for it over lunch. Oh, wow. <laughs> and part of it is because they had pulled so much from existing comic strips. So like the Great Pumpkin idea had originated in the in the Daily Peanuts comic strip. Um, first appeared on October 26th in 1959. And then each year he kind of kept the whole idea would come back. And it was, you know... One year it'd be Sally in the in the pumpkin patch with Linus, and it was Peppermint Patty and Marcy one year, and yeah. Snoopy in the so it was different characters, but it was always there, and it was like a recurring thing. So that was, it was well established within yeah. the Peanuts lore, if you right. will. They also had just introduced the World War, World War One flying ace the year before in 1965. Yeah, so they had that whole idea, and and a funny comment from that was Charles Schultz had mentioned that they wanted to do that he's like it's too bad because we can't show snoopy flying and bill melendez is like i'm an animator (laughs) right (laughs) we can do that have we met (laughs) so obviously he and and they did and they turned in a really amazing sequence with it basically the only thing they had to really come up with is like what are the kids you know the the trick-or-treating and the party yeah everything else is kind of already existed that they could just kind of make up and yeah. fill in the gaps so yeah so maybe we should review the the plot line absolutely of this if you have not happened to see this a i'm disappointed <laughs> b 
B, you got to go out and watch it. Yeah, you should actually stop listening to the podcast. Go, go, watch, go it. watch it. It's on PBS Kids or on Apple Plus. Yep. Or go to your local library, find it on DVD. It's, it's there. It's, it's readily available in many places. Yeah, and you need to watch it. Yes. Yeah. So the premise is it's, it's Halloween. The kids are getting excited about trick-or-treat and parties. And Linus is infatuated with this mystical character. Kind of like the Santa Claus of Halloween, and it's the Great Pumpkin. And every year he comes to the pumpkin patch and gives children toys. So he convinces he convinces Sally to go with him and stay in the pumpkin patch waiting for the Great Pumpkin. And Sally's going to miss out on trick-or-treating, but she wants to support Linus. And Linus is writing letters to the Great Pumpkin. We'll go over all this later, <laughs> but uh, they spend the night in the pumpkin patch. Uh, Snoopy has this sidebar where he flies in a sop with camel and faces the Red Baron and crawls through the pumpkin patch like he's been shot down. Yeah, he's been shot down over France. He's been shot yeah. down over France. Um, he spends some time with... Um, Schrader, who's playing It's a Long Way to Tipperary and other World War I <laughs> classic songs. Um, and then the, the Great Pumpkin shows up, and Linus is so excited he passes out <laughs> and he misses it. Well, it wasn't the Great Pumpkin after all. You know, spoiler alert, it was Snoopy. Yeah. And he wakes up, he says, Did they leave us any toys? Sally says, No, just a used dog. <laughs> <laughs> And Snoopy's like, use dog, you know. <laughs> and meanwhile, the kids are out trick-or-treating and, and getting candy and other things that we'll talk about. Mm. But And he misses the party. He misses the trick-or-treating. And he's disappointed at the end that he's like, you wait. I'm going to wait next year and he'll come back. I promise you. <laughs> so it's a great little story. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's classic kids and their imagination. And, mm. and it's really a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's three kind of minor storylines just all kind of converge. Uh, they all kind of converge at the end when yes. Snoopy arrives and then suddenly the kids show up at the pumpkin patch. And yep, and say, yeah, you missed Trick or Treat. <laughs> and, no, we saw the great pumpkin. He's real. You yeah, know. <laughs> yeah so it's it, great. It's so well done. And it's just like, it's well balanced. It's not like... No, it goes back. Get off your soapbox, dude. Come on, let's sure. move. No, it, it, it goes well. It, it flows really well. And watching it now, it's, it's probably the first time in all the years that I've watched this, I... It finally kind of clicked in my head that like Linus is kind of just a little greedy little guy, isn't he? It's yeah. like he just, <laughs> he just wants toys. Yeah, I just want toys. I don't need your candy. Yeah. Like that that doesn't last very long. I want stuff that's gonna. I want something a little more exactly. substantial. Yeah. Like yeah, I'll get Christmas stuff. I, I'll, we'll deal with that. But like yeah. two months early, let me, give me more stuff. Give first. me more stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's writing letters. Yes. He, because he wants to butter up the great pumpkin, so he gets extra stuff. <laughs> yeah. So when they were recording this, Kathy Steinberg who played Sally, her mom called the producers frantic and says, one of Kathy's teeth is loose. We got to record the rest of her lines before she loses a tooth and her voice sounds different. So they rush her over there. They finish um, recording her lines. And just as Steinberg was speaking, her last line, the tooth came flying out of her mouth. <laughs> so it was that close to disaster. Uh, with the, You know, when you're working with seven-year-old kids, that's, yeah. that's, that's going to happen. You know, it's just something that, Today's voice actors have to worry about catching a cold or, or whatever. This Her teeth were falling out because she was a seven-year-old girl, you know? I bet there were so many other things going on with these little kids. It had sure. to be either a complete, terrifying, horrible experience, or it had to be really fun. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it had to have been a blast. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they kept doing them is probably testament to Sure, them. yeah. And I saw pictures of the kids in the studio, and they're standing around, 
with one microphone. So they were actually working off of each other. Mm -hmm. You know, now you can do some of that, but mostly you see a voice actor in a studio by themselves watching the animation mm -hmm. and doing the voice right. of their lines, listening to the other ones. So obviously technology has a lot to do with that. They didn't have that mm -hmm. technology in the mid-1960s. Right. What I would think for, for amateur voice actors like this, you know, especially young kids, having them together and be able to kind of feed off each other and see how if there's one kid who's, who's a little bit higher end and like is really good at it, that's going to help the other kids like, oh, right. okay, I can do that. I can do this. I yeah. can do that. And yeah. they can kind of have a little bit more fun and really hone in on, on the flow of the, of the special. Yeah. And then look around who's going to be the first one to ask for a snack break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really liked this cartoon. Mm -hmm. I liked it when I was a kid. I've always liked it and I enjoyed watching it. Mm -hmm. I watched it a couple of times getting ready for this. I just, I, I think it's great. You know, this is the first time we see Lucy's signature move of pulling the football out on Charlie Brown, or who she calls Chuck, mm -hmm. um, causing him to fly through the air and land on his. She promises him over and over and over again, now, you're going to kick it, I promise you. And <laughs> every time he falls for it, and every time she pulls the football, and you know it's going to happen, and it's just hilarious. <laughs> Especially something like this one where they have that, that funny little segment she's like oh i have a signed document and he's like oh it, yeah it is signed okay yeah. and i can click it she's like funny thing about this document it was never notarized right <laughs> yes yeah there were some jokes in there Just, you had to be an adult to understand yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's great yeah there's uh, there's some really good quotes in there but i think the thing that really stands out it's consistent again one of those consistent things across all the, the charlie brown specials is why the Christmas one is so well remembered. Yep. And it's it's that music from Vince Giardi. Yes. The uh, jazz pianist. Yep. Um, so you know, when you think about Charlie Brown, you actually can hear the music you hear in your sound. head. Yep. So he had created the music for uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas. It kind of served like an additional character in ways. So like exactly. it yep. really set the mood. It was mm -hmm. just so effective at pulling you in and getting you ready for every single component yeah. of it. Well, we talked about that in Batman the Animated Series mm -hmm. in our episode about Batman, that the music was really its own character yeah. and contributed a lot to the story. And I feel the same way as you do about Charlie Brown. I mean, it, it does set the tone going mm -hmm. into what's happening next. Yeah. And it's so good. It's so good. And so he also, Vince Gary also did the music for the Charlie Brown All-Stars and Schultz and Melendez. I mean, they're like, yeah, you've got to come back. You've got those first two. It was so good. you got to come back. And so Giardi recorded it with a for this special, the, the Great Pumpkin, he recorded it with a sextet. So he did the first one was just a, the Vince Gary trio. Mm -hmm. So this one is he had a sextet with him, and he was adamant that he bring back the song Linus and Lucy that he had created yes. for the Christmas special because he in his mind like this should be the unofficial this should be the theme for the theme the for Charlie Peanuts. Brown and. Melendez thought about it and he's like, they hadn't really planned on, on putting that in. They kind of had this thing sketched out. And Melendez is like, you know what? It's a good idea. Let me see if I can come up. So they actually, that whole opening sequence. So the special opens with Linus and Lucy walking to a pumpkin patch, finding a pumpkin. Linus rolling the pumpkin all the way yes. back. And it's, it's actually really funny the way he's like, he's just kind of pushing it, gets it stuck in the fence. Yep. And then he gets it, as he's rolling it, it's getting out of control. He grabs it and he ends up rolling right. it all <laughs> over him. <laughs> and they finally get to the house and the pumpkin has just beat him up. Mm -hmm. And his sister looks at him like, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> and they get inside and she like spreads the paper on the, on the ground. Slaps the pumpkin down and then whips out a big carving knife yes. and just digs into it. He's like, oh, no, you didn't tell me you were going to kill it. <laughs> Does he pass out? Yeah. <laughs> she like, just cuts it open and starts ripping out you know, the insides of the pumpkin. Yeah. He's it's an eight-year-old with a huge butcher knife. And he's horrified. Yes. 
It's absolutely horrifying. Well, I mean, talk about a, a kid with a, a butcher knife. And this is a another recurring theme that was in my head is where are their parents? The Van Pelts yeah. have like the worst parents in the world. They're never there. <laughs> the kids are wielding knives in the <laughs> living room. The dog is flying his, his doghouse. And he's going to spend the night in the pumpkin spends patch. the night in the pumpkin patch. And then who goes and get him but his own sister. So he's sleeping in the pumpkin patch. She's yeah. like shivering. And, it's, it's like, and yeah. she comes and gets him and then puts him to bed. Yeah, so the sister leaves the house in the middle of the night to go get her brother sleeping out in the garden. <laughs> yeah, what are the parents doing? I don't know. So that, that whole opening sequence was really created just so they could make sure that they put in the Linus and Lucy song. Oh, cool. And yeah. So it was, yeah, I didn't and, know that. And up until like Linus is coming at the very end, the whole the whole thing is dialogue free. So it just lets the music really underline that whole story, story. and let it go. But yeah, and, and Vince Giardi would actually compose scores for 15 total Charlie Brown specials. Um, and with this one, he had created, so obviously Linus and Lucy, the, the other main song that he really created for this one was the great pumpkin waltz which you hear regularly throughout yeah um he also put in a lot of the, the is mo- that the song that's playing while they're trick-or-treating yes yes yep and then there's the um the mood music i don't have any specific names but the names like the that really moody kind of slightly eerie music as snoopy's kind oh, of snoopy's crawling through uh crawling through france <laughs> behind behind enemy lines in france yes. and trying to find his way away from the the red baron and then Snoopy finds his way to the the, the Halloween party, as you yeah. mentioned. Schroeder starts playing uh, all these World War One songs. Like yeah. he starts off with "It's a Long Way to Tipperary," the upbeat, the march. Yeah. yeah, and then he shifts to "There's a Long, Long Trail." These are all like at the time actually fairly well known, yeah. particularly in, in Great Britain. And so there's a long, long trail, and it's sad, it's sad down. And then he brings it back up with "Pack up your troubles and your old kit bag." Yeah. And then it ends again on a downer with "Roses of Picardy." Yeah. And so these kind of Again, well-known, you know, contemporary right. World War One yes. songs, and this little kid sitting at the piano just banging, banging them out. Them out. <laughs> and Snoopy gets it. Yes. The dog knows what's going on because when they're playing this march, he's marching and he's all proud, and then he's crying, and then he's lifted his spirits again, and then he's sad because he's almost like the war is over and now it's post-traumatic stress time. You yeah, know? Um, that's my favorite part of the whole cartoon. I've seen some stuff, yeah, man. I've seen some things. Yeah, I just it cracks me up because not only is this kid playing fabulous music on this little toy piano but the dog understands it yeah and acts appropriately yeah based on the music that's being played uh, just <laughs> it's my favorite part even once when i was a kid before i understand all that yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still my favorite uh the other thing that jumped out at me you know of course as a kid you recognize it right away is just like the cruelty to charlie brown throughout yeah, yeah. So, they just bully him yeah. all the time <laughs> nonstop. yeah well i know that in the comic strips they were there were different little plot lines about halloween in the comic strips but when they came to the cartoon like okay we got to make a decision here so in the comic strip linus actually has the problem with the scissors and cuts too many holes in his sheet to be a ghost and Charlie Brown spends the night in the pumpkin patch. But in the cartoon, obviously, we know Charlie Brown has too many holes in his mm-hmm. ghost costume. And he keeps getting rocks. You know, what kind of cruel parents, <laughs> neighbor kids are like, oh, you get candy, you get candy, you get candy. You screw you, you get a rock. <laughs> you know, it's like, was he a problem kid? Was he the bully in the neighborhood? I mean, he was the one getting bullied. Yeah. And after the, the first special aired, kids from all over the country sent candy to the studio for Charlie Brown because yeah. they felt bad for Charlie Brown. <laughs> so they got all this candy sent to them. 
Yeah, they were always cruel to try. Yeah, I mean, even even uh, everything about that party. So he gets his invitation. He's all yes. excited. It's like, oh yeah, you were. There was two lists, Charlie Brown. You were on the one to the not send. Apparently, yeah, they they got the list screwed up, and you got your invitation. <laughs> Lucy's was, just so cruel. Oh, about yeah. just, and she's matter of fact about. It. I was like, yeah, whatever. You're whatever. not supposed yeah. to have it, jerk. She d- devastated him because he was super <laughs> excited that he got invited, and she's like, no, you're wrong. You're you were on the not to invite list. <laughs> and then you get to the party and they're like charlie brown we need you and he's all excited like oh yeah i can help and yeah. they're like they say, sit down in that stool turn and face the wall and we're going to use the back of your bald head to figure out how we're going to carve our pumpkin yes <laughs> that's great <laughs> and you just see on the the glee on his face oh my god i've been invited i've been asked to do something and then he's just sad and sullen yeah, he's like, yeah the, just, an, the animation of that me. is so yeah. good he's like so <laughs> thrilled and then you just like see him just like oh he just gets and deflated <laughs> and part of it is like he's not even sad he's just more like he's just over it <laughs> He's like the, well, you know, there's a Charlie Brown balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I imagine that's what the balloon looks like when it deflates after the parade. Just, oh, that's done now. Yeah, just another day in the life of Charlie Brown. Right. I serve my purpose. (laughs) Yeah. It's going in my journal. (laughs) You're all on the list. You're on the list now. (laughs) People to hate when I'm an adult. I also loved when, you know, at the beginning, Linus is writing a letter to the Great Pumpkin. Mm -hmm. And he says... You must get discouraged because more people believe in Santa Claus than in you. Well, let's face it. Santa Claus has more publicity. But being number two, perhaps you try harder. And that was a reference to the Avis Rent-A-Car commercials in the 1960s. We try harder. You know, so um, and also in that scene when Linus walks into the living room after writing the letter, Lucy's in front of the TV reading the TV guide. And Lucy's picture is on the cover of the TV guide. <laughs> you have to watch it closely, but it's there. It's, it's just kind of funny that some animator probably just put yeah. that in there quick. That seems like the kind of book that Lucy would read. Right. <laughs> it's about me. Yes. I'll read it. All right. Well, we'll keep this. Yeah. Well, and actually my favorite line from the letter scene is, and it's actually a philosophy that I carried I carried when I was a salesperson. I, yeah. yeah, I lived by it. There are three things I've, ne- I've learned never to discuss with people. Religion, politics, and the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> and here we are yes. talking about the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> but that's great because after we're done, we're, gonna, we're shifting over to religion. Yeah. <laughs> Scenes in the pumpkin patch were great because it was just one-on-one um, with Linus and Sally. And it was just so <laughs> fun because sally's still not a believer but she's there for him you know she's like what what's happening what, what's gonna go on and linus knew the whole backstory of the great pumpkin it apparently is a uh, holiday only he celebrates <laughs> but while they're out there it's that's, like scientology yes you did pull religion into this <laughs> All right, I'm lining up politics next. Yeah. It's just something that he came well, up we with. we did he... talk about politics when you're not elected, Charlie Brown. All right, we're So good. now we've hit all three. We've hit all politics, right. religion, and the Great Pumpkin. Well, I'm done with sales then. <laughs> yeah, the scene where uh, the fantasy scene of Snoopy becoming a World War One pilot in the Sopwith Camel. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sopwith Camel was a World War One British biplane that came online in 1917 in the Western Front, helped win world war one and he's dogfighting the red baron you know the red baron is a german ace and this is 
you know, the sixties, you're still fresh from world war two and mm. Vietnam is happening. And they put in this world war one romanticized version of, of war in this kid's cartoon about Halloween, which I think was <laughs> kind of funny, but he gets shot down behind enemy lines and He's making his way to safety so he doesn't get captured and become a POW. And he sees road signs that are pointing to real places mm-hmm. in France, um, which was kind of cool. And then he winds up crawling, army crawling into the pumpkin patch and pops up. And Linus thinks he's the great pumpkin. Um, so that's where those two storylines mm-hmm. come together. It just cracks me up because Snoopy's, I think Snoopy's the only one with a good head on his shoulders in this whole cast, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um and he just pops up like, oh, I'm supposed to be here. And Linus passes out. <laughs> just, oh, God, I love it. Well, it's Linus and Sally have my, my favorite lines throughout the entire special. Before Sally actually even, she, she's expecting that she's like, there's going to be tricks or treats. And yeah, uh, yeah which I never said tricks or treats. No, it was trick, trick or, or treat. treat. But yeah. yeah, for her, it was tricks or treats. When they're talking about it, she's like, are you sure that's okay? And like, is it okay? Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a thing. She's like, okay. And she says, I wouldn't want to be accused of taking part in a rumble. <laughs> Six year old girl is just like a- <laughs> worried that Linus was going out there to rumble with some people. <laughs> and then once they're in the pumpkin patch, yeah, she keeps kind of questioning about it. He's like, you don't believe the story of the great pumpkin? I thought little girls always believed everything that was told to them. I thought little girls were innocent and trusting. Yeah. And her response is, welcome to the twentieth century. <laughs> Yeah, she's wise beyond her years. Yes. I, I really believe she was just out there to make sure he didn't get hurt. <laughs> she's like, this poor dumbard. We'll let him believe what he wants to believe. But I got to go with him just to make sure he doesn't get in any kind of trouble. Uh, but then she's not happy at the end, obviously. No, she's, she's disappointed. She's been... She lets him have it. Dude. Yeah. She reads yeah. him the riot act. Yeah. My last favorite line that I had written down here was the... Line is standing in the pumpkin patch and saying, uh, I don't see how a pumpkin patch could be more sincere than this one. You can look around and there's not a sign of hypocrisy. Nothing but sincerity as far as the eye can see. <laughs> and so that has to be the pumpkin patch the great pumpkin's going to visit. Yeah. oh, Because uh, he doesn't visit all the children. No. and if every, all the pumpkin patches. And if every pumpkin patch I've ever been into, they are full of hypocrisy. So. Yes. <laughs> I've never seen a non-hypocrite. Oh, man. There's pumpkin hypocrites everywhere. Yeah, there's hypocrites everywhere around pumpkin patches. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, this is always a treat to me and because I only watch it when it's Halloween time mm-hmm. and you just you just stumble upon it. It like yeah. it finds you. you yeah. Know, it finds me. Like, oh it's on. Well, yeah. We're gonna watch it, you know. You'll see a commercial during the news or something, you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna tune in back at seven o'clock after Wheel of Fortune or whatever is on before <laughs> we're watching Charlie Brown. Yeah. Yeah. It really it it was just it was a mood setter for for Halloween, especially as a kid. Like, yeah. all right, it, it's Halloween is it's right around the corner now. Yeah. It's like I better have my costume ready. Right. I've got a Get limbered up for some uh, from candy hauling. And, sure. And uh, what's my costume going to be this year? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. What's my what's my plan around the neighborhood? And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my son, when he was a toddler, had a big bald head. You know, because <laughs> he had very fine blonde hair, and, and he was a short, stocky kid with this big head. And I begged my wife, please, can we dress him as Charlie Brown? <laughs> And she said the same thing. We said, no, Charlie Brown gets bullied all the time. And all he gets is a bunch of rocks. 
<laughs> so we never got to dress him up like Charlie Brown, but I so desperately wanted him to be Charlie Brown. He was Snoopy instead. He was a puppy or something that year, but... Well, How? I could see you, like, get him all get in the costume and like, all right, you look good, son. Here's your first rock. Right. <laughs> I would totally have done that. <laughs> Here you go, clunk. <laughs> this, to me, you know, Christmas has got a billion movies and songs and mm-hmm. traditions and social tropes about Christmas. Everyone knows what to do on St. Patrick's Day. Everyone knows what to do for Thanksgiving. But Halloween, to me, has this and trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. And that's it, mm-hmm. you know. So this this special carries that holiday for yeah. me. You know, they'll throw Wizard of Oz on TV sometime around Halloween, um, but this is when I think of Halloween. This this is what I think about. Yeah, and and one of the things, one last element about this, I want to talk about in terms of the art is the backgrounds. Yeah, because there's one one of the things that I I still love about it is that talk about putting you in the mood for fall and Halloween is that. The, the skies, I mean, they you think of fall. I mean, you know, you get the harder glow that in the glow late afternoon, sunlight. and then you get like the beautiful colors, like the like mm-hmm. the, the oranges and the purples in the sky at night at sunset. And they, it all comes through right. in those backgrounds, and it just it has everything about it, just feels like Halloween. Yeah. It's just so well done. And they draw the leaves falling mm-hmm. in the background, which is super cool. And there's one scene where Charlie Brown's raking up the leaves and Snoopy is blowing a leaf, one leaf over to the pile. Um, And then Linus comes charging in and he's going to jump into the pile of leaves. And he's got a sucker in his mouth. He comes out and his mouth and the sucker are full of leaves. And he says, never jump into a pile of leaves with a wet sucker. So many memorable moments. It even ends on that that, that classic scene from the, the comic strip where Charlie Brown and Linus are just leaning on the on the, the brick wall and just having a conversation. And Charlie Brown's trying to be sympathetic. He's like, hey, I, I've done stupid things too. And yeah. Linus just loses it yeah. on him. He's like, what do you mean stupid? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Charlie Brown was empathizing. Yeah. Him, like, dude, I know what it's like, <laughs> And Charlie Brown can't win. No, can't win. And now Linus can't win. And he's like, I found somebody. I found my people. And he goes, no, that ain't me, man. <laughs> yeah, don't bring me into your downer life, man. Right. Yeah, I'm different than you and I are different. <laughs> and next year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finagle some gifts out of somebody. Right. Somebody's bringing me toys at Halloween. <laughs> now you're a stupid dog. <laughs> Well, we need to do more of these special episodes because this this is a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and I don't even think we need to to rank this cartoon. I mean, no, to me, this and the Christmas special is what anchors yeah. all things peanuts. Yeah, know? yeah, ten yeah. ten jack o' lanterns, ten jack o' lanterns, all sincere pumpkins, yes. ten sincere pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was fun. This was a, a little Halloween special for us, and um, be on the lookout for more of these uh, Beyond Saturday morning specials here and there. Uh, yeah, you know, Christmas is coming up, but it doesn't have to be holiday special. There'll be other no, things. It could be other things. If you got suggestions, it. let us know. Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll take a look. Well, I hear Mom. I think it's time for us to go outside. So that means cartoon time is over. I'm John. I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want more Toon Talk, you can find us on Twitter at Toon Talk Guys. Or if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at toontalkguys at gmail.com.